Can you see that, Rob? Sir. Rob, what you were saying? No, okay. Um, this is actually the first time I've seen Jay and K, bro, like in about a decade. Yeah, man. <laughs> so this is this is exclusive, Eric. Exclusive, wow. you know. So we haven't seen it in a long time, bro. Very well, long time. Too good long. morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending depending on where you are in this present moment. I'm here with two uh, guests with Hollywood Squares. I think Robert was looking upset. I guess here. It looks like we're in Hollywood Hollywood Squares here, but yeah. I'm here with Jay Tats. Um uh he's uh he's been, I guess we've been missing each other for a couple of years, a few years now. And uh, we have a mutual friend, not only Robert Castaneda, shout outs to you for linking us up again, Mr. Robert, mm -hmm. but also uh Mr. Robert uh the last name, Mr. Sandoval, Robert Sandoval. He rest in peace. He passed away a few years ago. And uh, he actually had mentioned Jay about the show, about that. I believe so, right, Jay? That's the, is that the way it was? Yeah, so actually. I think Jay muted. Okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You're muted, bro. There you go. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> when Roland was on the show, uh, he invited me. Um, I said Robert, right? I said, sorry, bro. I was trying to say Roland. Roland, yeah, Roland. Uh, Robert's his older brother. Yeah, Robert is so, his older brother. Yeah, no, I know yeah, Robert. So there, he, he actually still works there at uh, there's, yeah, at this. Yeah, I don't want to say the name, but yeah, I know you know where he works, right? And uh, yeah, so I saw Robert recently, his brother. But we're talking about it's, Roland here. We're talking about Roland. Sorry, my bad. My yeah. bad. I got Robert here talking about Roland. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> it's all good, no, brother. no. But Roland had told you about the show, and uh, it's good to have you here, brother. I know that Roland was a, a great impact to a lot of people. Uh, he was a great impact to me, bro. Actually, uh, we talked, we chatted a lot of times, and then he finally came on the show on We The Switch. And uh, I know that you were asking for that episode, and I was, like, looking for it. I, the weird thing is that I had already been looking for it, bro. That episode, I was like, man, where is this episode? I couldn't find it, bro, because uh, that that account was run by my homie Oscar, right? Happy Oscar. Shout out to Happy Oscar. And then eventually I was like, you know what? When you send me that information that you, you, you're you looking for that episode, I was like, all right, I need to find it now. So when uh, I looked it up and then I asked Oscar to, and he sent it to me, I was like, oh man, I've been wanting to, I've been waiting to listen to that episode, bro. He had spit so much knowledge in that, in that uh, episode. So, and I missed him too, bro. Like I always reminisce about him. So yeah. So how, so how did you, how did you come in contact with Roland and the whole situation? And then Robert, bro, like the hell connection, man, is this. It's pretty interesting. So let me let me let me go. Let me try to make this go full circle, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, when you invited Roland onto that show, Roland and Roland and I were real close, man. We were. Um, he was like my big brother. He he. Uh, we grew up on the streets. We grew up in in the main streets of Rio Bravo. Uh, for you guys that that aren't familiar with Rio Bravo, uh, it's like if we grew up in Compton, if we grew up in Brooklyn, if we grew up in one of those places, right? Like it was a. Uh, it was rough. It was it was rough, and uh, he was always like uh, he was always like um, a big brother to me. So I, I learned a lot from him. You know what I mean? Um, after he after I missed the, the show, he told me about it, and he's like, "Jay, <clears throat> you know, um, I really think he would always try to get me to be a public speaker, right? Just because of of everything that I've been through, and I'll share um, some of my story, some of my testimony with you guys if we get into it." Um, and, and it just, it didn't happen, right? And then um, a few years later, another mutual friend, uh, David, David Ramirez, um, also grew up in, in Rio Bravo. And I believe that he went to school with you as well. Yeah. Um, 
reached out to me and he's like, hey, bro, I have this homie. His name's Eric. He's got a great thing going on. I think you should go on a show. And then uh, he sent you a message. And I believe I sent you the screenshots of the message, right? And I was like, yeah, bro, I'm more than down. Like, I'll, I'll tell anybody my story, you know, I'll, just so you can see what people are, are really capable of, you know, what what um, I guess resilience is all about. Wow. Um, and I missed that. You know what I mean? And then I just, I, I, de I deactivated my Facebook. I, I, I decided to take a break from social media. And I just, you know, recently I activated it again. And I was seeing those messages and I was like, bro, like, what the fuck? And then I reconnected with Robert a couple of uh, weeks ago. And then Robert was like, bro, I got this homie. He's got a podcast. Would you mind being on it? And I was like, hey, bro, what's his name? And he's like, Eric. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like, it can't be like that, bro. And You're I like, was this like, this guy doesn't want me on this show. Bro. So I was like, you know what, Robert? Yes, let's do it, bro. Let's do it. And like, I believe now I'm ready. Now I'm in a point in my life where like I can really like make an impact. And like, even if it's just one person, you know what I mean? Like if you yeah. hear me out or if, if you hear what I have to say, I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, you'll get chills down your spine, man. You mm -hmm. know? So uh, after that, <clears throat> we're here now. Bro, third time's a charm, man. And uh, sleep, hey. uh, uh, third time's a charm. And, and uh, it's it's crazy or not crazy, but it's it's beautiful how things happen for us, you know? Sometimes we're pushing buttons and the, the thing won't start, bro. But sometimes you just need that person that walks by that has this, this electricity about them and then connects the dots for you. Like, man, I've been trying to push that button and never and never popped for me. But then like all of a sudden I come across somebody and that button worked, you know, like so um I've I've had those experiences like physically and then also in the in the spiritual world. So I see how how all of that, you know. And especially I want to get deep into that story you're, you're sharing, because I know that Roland would love for you to share that story. And um, I have a lot of respect for Roland, man. He has so much like that guy had so much. Uh, he had a personality that's very unique. Uh, that guy, man, could talk. But before we go deep, I want to I want to make sure that Robert and you tell me what you were going to tell me right before Robert logged on about how, that whole connection, how many, many years ago you guys were like working together and how that all spawned off. And then now we're here like many, many years now to the future. So I met Robert, uh, like I said, my first and only legal job that I had, right? Um, <laughs> so uh, before I even continue, uh, parental advisory required in this one, right? Cause I'm yeah. gonna go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be as raw and unique as possible so you guys can really get a feel of, of who I am. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't like to be, uh, I don't like to fake a persona. I don't like to be um, somebody that I'm not, you know what I mean? For the yeah. for the sake of your listeners. So if uh, if I sound like an asshole, yes, I am an asshole, but I'm a nice asshole, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Robert and I met at Lowe's, man. Um, it was like... Uh, 2005 2006 i don't know if maybe robert remembers but i don't remember bro i don't remember and um robert was a cashier at the time and i used to work at the back and we used to both uh have the same shift bro it was like 7 30 to 4 30 right robert yeah and at and at that point in my life bro I, I was saying that i was an avid smoker i used to smoke a lot all day every fucking day right so like there's a a, a nickname for a joint right and it's called a shack right we called it a shack back back in my hometown right so robert at the top of his fucking lungs bro his voice fucking projects right you've heard robert talk right so like his voice fucking projects imagine at lowe's 
like at 7.30 in the fucking morning, right? At the top of his lungs, he goes, it's the pinch of shack. And I was like, fuck, bro. Like, and I'm obviously, I'm high off my fucking mind, right? Like the paranoia starts and I'm like, Robert, you got to, bro, you got to stop, man. But it never did. You know what I mean? So um, one, one thing happened, another, you know, we fell off uh, for a couple of years. And every now and then we would bump heads, you know what I mean? Like through social media or through whatever, he would ask me for his number. And then this last time, I think I saw him on TikTok, right? And I'm like, hey, you know what? Robert is, is having his his awakening. You know what I mean? Rolling, like, rolling. And, and um, uh, no, this Robert. <clears throat> oh, okay, okay. So you're talking about... I'm talking Robert about Robert was having Robert. his awakening. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. so I... And, and I, I um, like you thought I guess, that. You thought that. Right. Okay. And and um, I reached out to him and he's like, hey, bro, well, I'm going through this, 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 and this. And I'm like, man, uh, and he tells me, I remember that you always used to have that knowledge, bro, since a very young man. So I had my my uh, my spiritual journey. Uh, luckily, well, I don't want to I don't want to even say luckily, right, because it was very hard on me uh, at a very young age. Right. Like ever since I was young, like there's just been like this thing that I can't explain, bro, that the universe has granted me with. You know what I mean? Like uh, my my sixth sense, my my third eye, whatever you want to call it, is is very in tune. You know, and it's like an instrument and like a tool, like over the years, I've been able to to tune it finally. And and now it's like um, it's my it's my go to tool. You know what I mean? My perception, my things. I, I use it to engage. I use it to, to conduct everyday business. I use it to, to feel the vibe in a room, you know, so it's it's interesting that he reached out to me and or I reached out to him. He's like, bro, I'm going through this. I'm going through this. I'm going through this. I'm like, well, well, you're waking up, bro. That's what's happening. And and uh, you know, we started coinciding, and and there's been a lot of synchronicities, bro. A lot of synchronicities happening. And I'm I'm a big believer in you know, like you said earlier, Eric, that that the universe, you know, like tends to align at a perfect time. You mm -hmm. know, so we're here now. Um, and a little thing that I want to share with you, it was it was crazy because. The, la the days before you and I spoke, before I, I, I send you a message and stuff like that, excuse me, I had a dream, right? And, and Roland comes and visits me in my dreams a lot, bro. Mm -hmm. So they're not they're not dreams. Like, I'm talking to Roland, you know what I mean? It's just we're in different dimensions now, so... That's what it's all I, about, I'm, man, I'm, dimensions. Exactly, right? So I'm talking to him, and for one reason or another, I think it was like uh, like a storm that night, so... I abruptly wake up without like finishing to talk to him the way that I usually finish talking to him. I'm like, you know, like a hug and like, Hey, I'll see you later whatever, you know? So in the morning, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big prayer, bro. We, I pray a lot, you know, I pray in the morning. I pray before my meals. I pray before bed. I'm a big believer in the power of prayer. Right. So it's meditation to some prayer to some, whatever you want to call it. Right. But it's, it's your direct line to the universe, to, to the field, to God, to the creator to mm -hmm. whatever beliefs you may have right so i sit down next to my bed and i'm like hey ro like out loud right i'm like hey i didn't get a chance to talk to you last night so i just uh i want you to give me a little sign bro like uh just let me know that you're okay you know just let me know that you're okay and and i went about my day so on and so forth and that was march 8th right so we woke up march 9th you send me the podcast. No, Robert sends me the podcast, right? 
And I start listening to it and I start listening to his voice, bro. And I start crying just by listening to his voice. Like I start bawling up, right? And I'm like, oh, bro. And then I look at the fucking podcast and you guys recorded it on the exact same day, three years before. Yeah. So we heard it March 9th, 2022. He recorded it. You guys recorded it March 9th, 2019. Right. And that to me was like, wow, like that was the first thing. Right. And then I'm listening to the whole podcast because it it's a great podcast. Right. Like there's a lot of fucking knowledge in that. A lot of um, good things talked about. Right. And then right when it gets to minute 57, bro, like, yes, I go out. Right. It's almost done. It's like four minutes from it being over. You guys pass the mic to Roland. Mm -hmm. And then Roland says, like, he starts talking about his death or in death in general, bro. And then in his own words, he says something along the lines of, like, you, you may think that you're not going to see each other again, but trust me, you will. You will. He said, you and he will. said, you will. <laughs> and I'll, man, bro, look, I'm getting all chinito again, bro. Like, it's like, I just started sobbing, bro. And I was like, if that's not a sign. I don't know what it is, bro. Bro, that was a perfect sign right there, man. Um, yeah, I actually listened to that episode that same day, and uh, I teared up too, bro. And I, I tear up about him all every so often because just he was a genuine, like, positive guy, bro. He had so much good energy. When I, and that day when we recorded that episode, it was hilarious, bro, because <laughs> Robert had, I mean, rolling at the wrong address. He showed up at, you know, he talks about it on the episode, right? He's like, no, I'm way. I got to this place. And I was like, hey, where's Eric? And the guy's like, get out of here. And man, we hit it up right, like, right on the top of, like that. So that episode was very, like, we went through a roller coaster of emotions. And uh, I took in a lot of, like you said, there was a lot of gems in that episode. So I had a lot of knowledge that I wanted to revisit. But I could never find the episode, bro. So when we found it eventually, and like, we both heard it that day. I was at actually the, uh, the dentist's office. I was just like listening before my 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 uh, session, and I was just like, "Bro, man!" I was like, "I think the people saw me that I was like, in my, I had my glasses on. I was kind of like tearing up, man." It was like, uh, I just went into that session and I was like, I was just like, all in with that whole uh, that vibe of of uh, synchronicity more than anything because like, like that whole full circle, how it all connected to all of us, you know, and how maybe many times you had reached out in some sort of way or somebody had told you about me or to connect, to record this story, but it had to happen today, bro. I think it all happens when it's supposed to happen. It's a magical number today. If we saw the numbers 322, we know that the synchronicity is alive and the frequencies are alive. This is what the show is about, man. It's showing about our love for like humanity, for spiritualism, for like understanding where you are, not, not judging you for who you were, or who you are right now. Like, Hey dude, you're going through your journey. And like you were saying earlier, like you're going through an awakening. When you're going through an awakening, a lot of uh, manifestations of things you had thought about that were irrelevant now are relevant. You're like, holy moly, now it makes a lot of sense. Like all of these new downloads that I have. But that's why I wanted to bring you on today. It was like, I know it's going to be a special day. We're going to talk about a lot of these, you know, um, synchronicities. We're going to talk about this life-changing experience that you had a very young age and pretty sure you want to talk about that as well so what what happened to you bro that kind of opened up that third eye at a very young age or something that you went through that you think catapulted you to that that part of your uh spiritualism so and like i said earlier i'm, I'm gonna be completely raw 
Yeah. I'm going to be completely open. And when I talk about these things and when I throw out numbers and stuff like that, I don't mean it to sound in a condescending way. I don't mean it to sound like I'm boasting or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to get, I just want people to know on what level I was in different aspects of my life so they can understand where I'm going with this. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I'll start it like this, brother. The first sign um that i got when my spiritual awakening happened right so this is a journey right like a lot of people think that like oh once you you once you're awake like that's it you know what i mean like no brother like this is this is a work in progress you know what i mean like it's never gonna i've come to the conclusion and i've come at peace with the fact that this is never gonna end you know what I mean? Like it, there's levels and levels and levels and levels. And the only way that you're going to ever make it stop is if you leave this earth. You know what I mean? At least in a physical aspect. Right. So the, the first moment that happened or the first, I want to say, uh, significant event that happened that led me to believe that there was a, a higher purpose for me was uh, the passing of my daughter. Right. So I was 19 years old and this happened while. <clears throat> this happened while um while i was working at uh, at lowe's um robert was a part of that robert and i used to live in the same apartment complex let me just throw that one out there too <laughs> so um i was 19 years old um my daughter had passed away i i went into a dark 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 place bro um a lot of people say that that time heals all wounds and i tell you from experience that yes time does heal wounds it does but the scars remain, you know what I mean? And every time that you look at that scar is a reminder of what it took to heal, right? So after my daughter passed away, um, my wife and I split up. We went into a divorce. I don't want to get into it too much because out of yeah, respect yeah. to her, you know? Um, and then, um, like I said, I, I was an avid smoker at the time. So um, a coworker from, uh, from Lowe's went over to my house Right. And he had um, he, he was a uh, Mayan. I don't remember. I don't remember his name. Maybe Robert can help me with that one. But uh, maybe it was Ceso or Celso or something like that, bro. I don't remember. Big, big dude. Right. So he goes over to my house one day, bro. And we're smoking. <clears throat> right. And right outside of my uh, my building, <clears throat> right outside of my building, there's um, like uh, tulips. No, what are they called? hibiscus tulips something like that right the, the red so ones the, yeah the little red ones right yeah. so they're 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 all over the apartment complex right so we're smoking and then i i see a little hummingbird bro come yeah. right a little <clears throat> right man. and right and 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 at, at first i was like okay right and, and it kept happening and it kept happening and kept happening one day Sazu comes over and we're smoking again bro and i uh the little hummingbirds go and then I throw some water at him, bro. Right? Like, I'm like, man, like, these little fucking birds never leave me alone. Or I said something stupid like that, right? Mm -hmm. Bro, this dude got up in my face and he's like, what the fuck is your problem? And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? Like, mm -hmm. it's just a little bird, bro. Right? He's like, sit down, man. Let me teach you something. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so in Mayan culture, in Mayan descent, right, the, the hummingbird is a god, right? Uh, is that I hope I said it right, right? Which Tilipotli. Um, and according to Mayan history, right, Mayan beliefs, um, the hummingbird god would come and take 
a, a warrior's soul after they died in battle to heaven. Right. And she's like, and he's like, well, who do you think that is? Who do you think that is? And it didn't click at first. And I was like, oh, this dude's high off of his fucking mind. I'm high off of my fucking mind, bro. And the hummingbirds kept coming and kept coming and kept coming every day, bro, at the same time. And it just, one day I was like, holy shit. Like, what? You know, like, this is, this is my daughter, bro, coming to visit me, man. Like, this is genuinely, like, my daughter, like, her soul is coming to visit me, man. Mm-hmm. And that was the first of many, many things after that, I fell in love with the bird itself. You know what I mean? I started learning. I started, it's a magical being. You know what I mean? Like, I fell in love with it so much that I, as you can see, I collect body art, right? So, like, I collect art. It just happens to be on my body, right? I started a collection of hummingbirds, bro. So, like, every time that something significant happens, like, I, I get a hummingbird on me, right? And right now I have about 15 of them, right? So, Man. um and that, that first started when my daughter passed away. I had her cremated, right? And I had her ashes uh, turned into tattoo ink, right? And after that, um, I started getting tattoos. And I started, She she let's just say that she's now a part of me forever. You know what I mean? I carry her with me forever. Wow, that's so beautiful, man. I appreciate it. So that's one of the first things that started happening to me. And then I started seeing repeating numbers and then i started seeing like a lot of things that i was like you know what let me start let me start to tune in let me start to listen so i started um educating myself you know what i mean i started educating myself and i started really um i i I dropped out of college man and and the reason why i dropped out of college is because i had a horrible experience when i was a sophomore in college um you know you go into your advisor's office and and they tell you like, hey, you know, like, Jay, you've already taken all your basics. So we need kind of need to know, you know, where you're going with this, you know. And I was like, you know what, I because I, I don't I don't know where I'm headed, but whatever it is that I want to do, I know that I don't want to work for somebody the rest of my life. Right. And she gets up and she's like. Well, I think you're out of luck because the way that it looks like looks like you're going to end up working for somebody the rest of your life. I was like, what? Talk about motivation right there, man. Bro, like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, you know what? Okay, thank you. Needed you. To, you needed to hear that. I did. You, you needed is, to hear that. I did. And this is what I did right after that. Mm-hmm. I got up. I go to the bursar's office. I drop all my classes. Right? I drop out of college, bro. Completely. And for a few years, I was wandering around, thinking about what my purpose in life is, what where I was headed, what I wanted to do, you know? So one day I'm having a conversation with my mom and I'm like, Hey mama, what do you do for a living? Right. And she's like, well, I work for a a home health company and we hire people to go and, and take care of, um, of elderly or, or, or sick people that can't tend to themselves. And I was like, man, well, that sounds like, that sounds like it's good. Like it's a good deed. You know what I mean? And she's like, yeah, like I've always, I've always wanted to open one of these up, pero pues no puedo. Like my mom is an immigrant, you know what I mean? I was born in Mexico. I'm, I'm, I was immigrated over here at four years old, you know. So my mom like never spoke English. She still doesn't speak English. She just was always real shy about it. So I, um, I told her, you know what? Let me find out. Let me start researching. So I did. You know, I started digging and digging. And bro, 
and business is cutthroat. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to help you. Even if you ask the right people, even if you ask questions, like they're not going to help you. Why? Because you're digging into their own pocket and greed is always a real thing. You know, when it comes to money and when it comes to value, like people will, will stab you in the back for it. You know, that's, that's the, the ethics in business, I guess. Right. So, um, it was 2012. Uh, and I finally did my research and I started my own LLC on my own, bro. Like no help from anybody, no help from a consultant, no help from nothing. Just stuff that I was like, I'm going to figure it as I go along. Right. So like one thing that they teach us as Mexicans, when we grow up is you got to work hard. Right. And that's, that's pretty much the formula to life. Just work to chinga la espalda and you're going to make it. Right. So I did. So back in 2012, um, things are different now, right? But back in 2012, you didn't need to be a registered nurse or an LVN or an RN or anything like that. You didn't need to have a degree to operate one of these businesses, right? So I was kind of grandfathered into it, right? I was kind of grandfathered into it. And then the state of Texas used to provide hours, kind of teaching you everything that you need to know, right? So I, it's kind of like they taught me everything that an RN, not everything, right? But mostly everything that an RN and an LVN have to go through in order for you to operate one of these businesses. So um, on my side hustles, you know what I mean? I would, um, I made up enough money. I think I saved up like $80,000, right? And I'm like, you know what, let's go. I applied for my license and they gave me the license, bro. And I was like, what? Like, holy shit, right? And then, so this is the catch 22, right? There's always a catch, right? So, and, and the part of the license agreement, right? Or the contract agreement, not the license, right? So first I got the contract. <clears throat> it said that I had to provide 500 hours of community service, right? Community service, meaning that it's basically free service, right? I have to take care of at least two adults or two incapable beings, right? For at least 10 hours a week until I got to 500 hours. After I got to 500 hours, then they would come and they would audit my files and then they would tell me if I got the, li the license or not, right? So I was like, you know what? I need to save some money, right? So I hired one provider and then I became a provider, right? So I started servicing um, one of my biggest mentors in my life, right? Um, uh, an individual that was um, made of a huge impact in my life. So I was... Um, to cut it short, I, I got to 580 hours. I was already running out of money, bro. I was like, man, I got like $3,000 left. Like, what am I going to do, you know? And then the good Lord just all of a sudden I get a phone call and like, we'll be there Monday. I think it was like a Thursday or a Friday. And uh, this is the Department of Aging and Disability Service of Texas. And uh, we'll be there on Monday. So they came on Monday. They audited all my files, all my shit. Uh, they found two mistakes. And they were really impressed. They're like, well, how old are you, man? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm 22. And they were really, they were really like, and you did this all on your own? I was like, yeah, I did this all on my own. They're like, man, well, you know, here's a pat on the back. And here's a check for $375,000. Damn. <laughs> That's beautiful. Bro. Go and get it started. You know? Amazing. So I did that. I did all of that. Um, and then home health was my main point of hello <clears throat>
let's talk about numbers and make it sound like I'm boasting or anything like that. But it was already seven figures. Um, Hold by on, the time dude, I was I, can you go back a little bit? I think you cut off for like a good 10 seconds, 10, 13 seconds. Right. After, so, after, you, after they showed up in the $375,000. So by the time I was 25, mm -hmm. um, I was already getting checks for seven figures, right? I don't want to, like I said, um, I don't want to boast or I don't want to yeah. sound like I'm being cocky or anything like that, but it was a, it was a hefty amount of money. You know, I was financially set. So me as an entrepreneur, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, bro. Like I've always wanted more and more and more and more. So I started opening up more businesses, bro. So I opened up another business and another business and another business. By the time I was 28, I, I had owned and operated like five businesses, bro, both legal and, and illegal. Right. <laughs> so um, it was uh, I partnered up with a very good friend of mine that's a very well-known martial artist in Laredo. He's the owner of Laredo Kickboxing Academy, Mr. Sonny Luque. Uh, shout out to Sonny. Um, I partnered up with him. Um, I had a furniture store going. Um, I had um, a shop at the mall that did retail. We sold sneakers. I've always been a big sneaker collector. So um, I was at the mall for a very long time. If you guys remember Shoe MGK. I operated yeah. and owned that business for like five years. Um, I wow. was a part of. I didn't uh, know that, bro. I didn't know that was yeah, your that story. Was Amazing. Yeah, he was in the mall. I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> I also had a travel agency that was based off of Playa del Carmen. And uh, it was, bro, by the time I was 28, I, I, I was well off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So 2017 comes along, brother, right? And um, I got complacent. I got, I became stagnant. Uh, the first rule of entrepreneurship, as we all know it, as entrepreneurs, we know that you're not supposed to stay stagnant. You know, you're not supposed to, this, you're not supposed to, like, this is just where I'm at and I'm good, right? So it's 2017 you're not supposed to settle that's the word that i was looking for you're not supposed to settle right so that's exactly what happened bro in 2017 i had the best year of my life and i think i cleared like a little north of seven million dollars or something like that i don't remember exactly but i was i mean i was doing pretty good for a dude from the hood you know what i mean wow so, <laughs> that's amazing bro that's super amazing so um uh I became complacent. Um, I started heavily, heavily, heavily. And, and, and I want to say this because it's very important for me. Um, I started using drugs, heavy drugs, uh, hard drugs. Uh, Vicodin was my go-to, bro. Um, I suffered an accident in 2014. Um, the person who was involved, the other person passed away. Uh, and nothing happened to me, bro. Nothing, not even a scratch. And the other person that was involved, she passed away. Um, so the doctor fed me Vicodin for years, bro. Vicodin and Xanax, bro. And, and if anybody's ever been on that kind of trip, man, they know that, that you can become addicted real quick, bro. Mm. 2017, man, for breakfast, I would have three Vicodin and some orange juice. That was my breakfast. You know what I mean? Wow. And then... Um, so 2000, I, I was also involved in a very, very heavily, and this is a huge trigger word. I stay away from it as much as I can, but this is the only way that I can describe it. I was in a toxic relationship, right? 
Um, and nothing wrong with my partner. My partner was a great woman, highly educated, very goal oriented. She was a bodybuilder. She was a nurse. She was a teacher. Like, it's just that we just didn't mesh well together at that time. That and the heavy drug use just got to me. You know what I mean? So I would wake up at noon. Sometimes I would go to the office. Sometimes I wouldn't go to the office. You know what I mean? Sometimes I would go to the mall. Sometimes I would go to the gym. It was just, again, a downward spiral. And then one day, um, I get a phone call from my office in Corpus Christi, right? So I had an office in Laredo. I had an office in Corpus Christi, and I had an office right outside of Houston, right? And these, these are my home health businesses, right? So this is, mind you, this is the only business that is completely 100% legal, right? Mm -hmm. The other businesses... I can't say that, right? But this is the only business that's with, it was federally funded. It was, I uh, had a contract with Medicare, Medicaid, and a bunch of insurance companies. So I couldn't even touch that, you know? Like I was like scared to do something. So I, um, I get a phone call at eight o'clock in the morning from my corpus office. And mind you, I never get a call from my corpus office, bro. Never, especially at eight o'clock in the morning because they know my ass is asleep until noon, right? <laughs> um mr hyman and everybody calls me jay bro like whether you work for me or whether you don't work for me i need for you to refer to me as your equal you're gonna call me jay right so uh, mr hyman and there was like a little like a little shake in her voice bro and i was like what's up she's like there's 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 like that bro i was like there's somebody here to see you and i was like okay it's like i'm gonna put it on speaker I was like, okay, like, we <laughs> wake the fuck up, right? So I put it on speaker, right? And I'm like, hello, uh, Mr. Hyman? Yes, sir. This is, and I'll never forget his fucking name, bro. It'll haunt me to, for the rest of my life, man. <laughs> this is Detective Robert Pipo with the Federal Wage and Hour Division of the United States. What? Bro, I don't know if you've ever been on a roller coaster, like when you're about to take that huge dip and everything just kind 